You're listening to the Awkward Single Life Podcast. My name is Tiffany Hines. I am a singer, songwriter, a creative who also is a single woman who finally put language to mine and others' dating experiences. Dating culture is awkward. I've heard so many untold stories from men and women, and the time has come to share them. And as your homegirl, I got you. We'll talk sexuality, dating, breakups, singleness, marriage, and all the craziness in between how to give God glory in it. No matter what age you are, it's going to be a wild ride. So let's get to it. Today, I want to inspire singles with EJ Brown, who is an author, coach, pastor, mentor, podcaster, and international speaker. Um, He's just very passionate to share with singles the journey of singlehood and purpose in that season. Now, singles, I know we sit around and we talk to each other a lot about this life. But also, doesn't it feel good, like, in your soul to hear from voices that may have walked in your shoes and, uh, des- and they also desire to be in healthy relationships and to have healthy marriage? Um, it's just really great to hear them share their journey and their why. So um, that is why we have EJ here. He um, is going to, it's going to be a great time. So thank you so much, EJ, for agreeing to be my guest. You are actually my first recorded guest so hey so special <laughs> yes 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 you get to christen the podcast and yes. i'm so 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 happy and grateful and um even how like we met <laughs> right um, right so um ej and i we are part of this network called black christian influencers and um ej did some motivational speaking and i reached out to the network of just trying to really just see who may be interested in sharing, who may be on those same wavelengths and have experience or even expertise. And um, he responded pretty much right away and said that he was down to talk. And so again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm just honored to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, And like I've been telling you, I'm just here to serve your ministry, so. Thank you. (laughs) And I just love that about like the body of Christ that we have never met in person but we are brothers and sisters you know and it teaches it's teaching me even more of it it feels so good to just have you ever like walked into a church you've never been there before but it feels like home and I feel like that stuff like it just talks to what it when it truly feels like brother and sisters in Christ so yeah yes that's good Thanks. Thanks so much. So, um, EJ, uh, so where are you from? And in any way, how did your life, how did it impact your singlehood? Yeah. Um, so I always hate the question when people ask where I'm from, because my dad was in the military <laughs> and uh, I moved around a little bit. So I was born in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, and then we moved to Alaska. I went to middle and high school in St. Louis and uh, then moved to Atlanta. And that's where I lived at for a while. So I consider Atlanta home. That's where my mom's at. Um, And then my wife and I, after we got married, 
Um, we moved to Memphis for a couple of years and now we live in Fort Worth, Texas. So, um, yeah, I've been kind of all over, but I love it. It's cool. We get to meet new people, new faces, new, you know, experiences. So, yeah. Um, and as far as singleness and all of that, um, you know, growing up, I, I was not a believer. Uh, 2010, I got saved and um, my whole life, kind of my family, my, my dad has a big family, about seven brothers and sisters. And so we have a, a really big family. Um, and so I grew up seeing like my cousins just, you know, sleeping around with different women and, uh, you know, all that stuff like that. So that was kind of like my mentality. Okay. Um, just so you were get out a bunch here. of, I was out here tough, <laughs> um, you know, that's part of my testimony though. And, um, at the age of 21 is when I got saved and, um, yeah, like it just completely shifted my whole thinking. I had always been in relationships looking for, uh, a female to, to really complete me in a sense. And, um, after I got saved, God made me realize the only one that can complete me is him. So that's kind of what sparked. Uh, just my ideology of singleness and what and what it looks like to walk that out faithfully. Okay. So and so before Christ and you were you know kind of sharing um, somehow from those experiences with your family and what you saw and and those things have impacted you pre pre Christianity right your your single life and so. How, if you can, if you don't mind talking more, like how did that impact your perspective of women? Yes. Yeah, so um, for me, like there are things that I saw that I necessarily won't speak about on here, okay. but there are things that I saw um, that showed me that a relationship wasn't necessarily like covenant, if that makes a sense, if that makes sense. Um, and, and so I looked at women as uh, something to please myself, right? Something right. to uh, feel value, something to, hey, I have this urge, like, let me, let me be with this, sleep with this woman, this girl to fulfill that urge. Um, and, and obviously that goes into pornography as well. Like you start objectifying women and, and thinking of them as sex toys, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 okay. it's, it's something to fulfill, um, a lustful desire. So, so that was kind of my picture of women, you know, me and my cousins would go to strip clubs and, you know, um, you know, just down in it Atlanta, would just, I hear about right. You know, yeah. You know, and that was the thing. And it, what what's crazy about that in my testimony is the last place that I went to before I said I'm done with this life was a strip club. Mm. Um, in 2010, I had gotten saved, but I was so used to doing things with my cousins. You know, the right. process of of yeah. coming out of stuff and. And so we went to this uh, bar and then we went to um, the strip club. And at the strip club, I'm sitting there, I'm drunk. And I'm just like, yo, this ain't even me anymore. Hmm. And so I began to witness to the stripper. Come on. And share Jesus with her. Like, yo, you are made for more than this. Like, yeah. God loves you so much. And like, she was looking at me and she started crying because she was like, man, no one's ever told me that. Wow. Like, 
and, and so it, it really set off the trajectory of my life of like valuing women as their beauty and, and not seeing them, seeing them as God's daughter and God's creation, yeah. not just as a piece of meat right. and, and, and not just as, oh, hey, they, you know, look good or they got this and that and the other, but like, no, 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 like you're deeper than your body. Right. And, and, and so it's allowed me to appreciate my wife you know, who we've been married for six years in a whole different element because I'm now viewing her as as God's viewing and wanting to honor her as a daughter before yeah. anything. So I think that's what it shifted. It went from, hey, you're just someone that I want to please myself with to you're a daughter and I want to honor you as such. Mm. I just love how even in your process of transformation that you were here at this strip club and God, even in that still like used you because you knew the trajectory of where you were and that even in maybe a drunken like moment, you had some sobriety (laughs) and purpose. And I feel like that just speak. Yeah. That even if someone may be like right now, Right. In a place that you just feel like, I know I'm not supposed to be here, but I do believe that there is purpose like on the inside. And when you really, really know that you're seeking after God, yeah, yeah, you're stumbling. Yeah. You're, you know, (laughs) doing, you know, some stupid stuff sometimes, but, but when you know, you're like stumbling and tripping and all those things, I just feel like purposes tends to just bubble up. And now, oh girl, you know, she probably to this day remembers her dancing and you speaking to her life about herself. So yeah, come on, man of God, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what, when you say that, it makes me think of Jonah, right? Like a lot of times we look at Jonah, it's like, oh, it's supposed to go to Nineveh, you know, go to Tarshish, right? But a lot of times um, I don't think we see God's grace and mercy in that story because what happens? He gets on the boat, but then the storm comes. And once he gets kicked off the boat, there's peace. And what does it say? That the dudes on the boat begin to praise God. Mm-hmm. So like what that showed me is like, even in our disobedience, God still get can get glory out yeah. of that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Okay. So EJ, what made your singlehood enjoyable and what made it at times hard and if you were even fed up being single, like how, how was your single life pre-marriage? Yeah, um, I got saved. Um, so I met my wife in 2009 and we were just like, I was not a believer. She was, but we were just trying to like navigate. Um, like I wasn't ready to settle down with anyone or anything like that. So she kind of went about her business. I got into an unhealthy relationship. Um, I get saved. We kind of reconnect in 2010. And I'm thinking like, yo, she's saved. I'm saved. Hey, what? I mean, mm-hmm. let's just be together, you know? Mm-hmm. So w- we get together for about five, five, six months. And throughout those months, the Lord began pricking my heart saying, EJ, I need you to let her go. Oh. And I was just like, Lord, why? Like, I'm finally serving you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm serving you. She's serving you. Mm -hmm. What else do we need to do? 
And I'll never forget, man. He said, EJ, I need you to let Rachel go because I need to set you free of loneliness. Hmm. See, I'm an only child and I've moved around a little bit. So I've always felt like a loner because I never had someone to come to and be with. Like my, my, my parents were like my best friends because we were, they were the only consistent in my life, but they wound up getting a divorce. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, and and so that was kind of a, a breaking point for me, which led me into the arms of the Lord. But I'm sharing this because when I let Rachel go, it was like in that moment, I was like, Lord, this is my girl though. And I remember so clearly him saying, EJ, that's not your girl. This is my daughter. Wow. And, and, and I need you to let her go because there are things that I need to work out in each one of you. And I still was like, I believe this is my wife, but Lord, I'm just going to let go and I'm going to trust you. So in that time, I knew I made a commitment to God. I said, Lord, I will not get in a relationship. I will not pursue anybody until you have dealt with that area of my life, until you say so. And, and so like with me transferring to a new school and like all these girls like, who's this guy? Da, 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 you know, and, and so right. you already come into that temptation. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just Press like, me. no, I, right, right. You know, and, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not playing that. And, and there, I'm not going to say I did it perfectly. And I'll talk about that in my book. But like, there were just times where I kept thinking, I know that God, I never want to settle for less than what God has for me. And, and I think that, and again, this is something I'll talk about in my book of Isaac and Ishmael and, and how, you know, Isaac was the promise to Abraham, but he settled for Ishmael because of his uh, natural desires, right? He, he didn't trust the promise. And so there would be times where I'd be tempted to date a girl. Um, but then I was just like, no, this is not what you have for me. This is not your best, Lord. This is not your best. So uh, that journey in singleness, there were many nights where I was crying on my face, like, God, I can't do this anymore. There was many nights where I felt so lonely and, and beat up and broken and being on my face for hours crying and just saying, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then to make things harder, uh, Rachel winds up getting in a relationship with a dude and they looking at rings about possibly getting engaged. And I'm like, yo, Mm -hmm. I thought you said this was going to be my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? And um, I just remember him just just resting upon me like my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And one scripture that I stood on was Habakkuk 2 and 3. And it says to write the vision, make it plain. Mm-hmm. Um, so those who can read it, run it, though the vision may tarry, it surely will not tarry. Um, and so that's kind of just insight on personally, like the, the ways that I battled through that time and season in my life. And so that was about three and a half years to four years. Wow. So, so, okay. You ended things with her and then you guys did not get back together for three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, if you like me and you're listening out there, (laughs) first of all, we hold on like, you know, when you really care about someone or you really love them and it feels like you're supposed to let it go or feels even like God wants me to let this go. Um, And then sometimes that's not the case. 
that God is saying, you know, like this person is for you, but you got to let it go, but you're still connected. Um, yeah. I mean, how, how did you, <laughs> and I definitely would love to know your wife, how did she even like navigate that? Because that's the stuff that like drives you like insane of, yeah, like, if God did God ever say, you know, I want you to pray for Rachel today. And it's, you know, just these different things that make it hard to like, let go someone like, how did you actually let her go within that time? And you actually felt and, and knew what God said to you about her being yeah. your wife. Like, yeah. So I had, when I had gotten saved in 2010, like when I met Rachel in 2009, before I knew Jesus, like I, she was just different. There was something different about her from every other girl I had ever met in my life. She, she, it was just the way she carried herself. It was just different. And, and so even as a non-believer, I was like, bro, I think I'm gonna marry this woman. Like, I don't know how this gonna happen, but something's <laughs> different about her. But in 2010, when I got saved, I actually write this in my book, like God, I believe spoke to me and I wrote down like that Rachel was my true love and you've called us to travel nations and share your gospel and all this stuff like that in 2010. And so that comes around on the Lord, like I get that. And then the Lord's like, yo, I want you to let it go. Right. Mm -hmm. Abraham sacrificing Isaac basically. Right. And, and, and so I did a terrible job. My wife will tell you, I did a mm -hmm. terrible job of ending things. For me, I, I felt like, um joseph like i just had to go you know what i'm saying you just I, dropped I just, it i just dropped it and, and, and God, literally, why do guys do that to bro, us i know i know i did tear i would if i had to go back i would definitely do it better um i i've repented to her about it like i know <laughs> that i did not handle this the right way um but i just literally like i was on my way to surprise her and the lord was like don't you go wow. and that's when i did i just didn't show up and and then like she reached out to me like hey how's everything doing and like i really just ghosted her to be real mm -hmm. with you and like she would reach out to me and i just start sending her scriptures like i was i was like oh, over spiritualized oh, oh, no. like i did it terrible <laughs> i did terrible y'all do not take that route right but again, put your scriptures away uh, right right don't be trying to use ghost <laughs> scriptures to ghost somebody okay don't do it so so but at the end of the day, like I was still young in my faith. I just knew yeah. if there was something in my life, the same way I dropped uh, clubbing and drinking and smoking and girls and all that stuff, I just had yeah. to go, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's the only way I knew how to do it. Right. But what that did though, and again, like I said, I had to come ask for forgiveness and repent later on is that left a very big hole of bitterness in my wife's heart. Mm. and she began to really just build up almost like just an anger hatred towards me because this guy that told me like I'm his wife right mm. uh yep. he just dipped on me now this led her to a like she moved back to St. Louis from school um and she was doing like ministry and evangelism with, with like some of her friends and there was this guy there well this guy was opposite of everything that I stood for so like the standards that I was like holding, he was, he was a Christian. Like he was even in a Christian fraternity, but dude was not about that life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so she felt like, well, he's opposite of EJ. So I'm going to just be with him because, you know, EJ does X, Y, Z, and he doesn't do that at all. Right. So 
anything like it was almost like a rebellion yep. you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying so she ends up in an unhealthy relationship with him he compromises her causes her to do things but here's the amazing thing god begins to just say i want you to pray for rachel so literally that whole time like we literally did not even speak at all for two and a half years like not even wow. communicate no no text nothing right be, but I began to pray for her and intercede nightly. Like I would be on my face weeping to God on her behalf. And the Lord would begin to show me that dude that she was with was compromising her, her, her purity and, and, and begin to show me like different things and kind of where she's at. And the Lord began to speak to me. And so I would shoot her a text and say, Hey, this is, I was praying for you. And like, this is what I feel like the Lord shared with you. But because her heart was so hardened to me, she right. couldn't receive that to the point that I remember it was August 2011. And she said, hey, I have a boyfriend. I need you to stop texting me. That's when I was like, yo, we completely never going to be together because this <laughs> seems serious. You know what I'm right. saying? And during that time, I just was praying for her. I'm, I'm talking like I'll be fasting for her. I'll be interceding for her. And it, it literally shifted from I believe you're my wife to like you're my sister and I care about you. And I want I you to that. walk out and be who God has called you to be, period. Yeah. Even if you're not with me, even if you wind up marrying this dude, mm -hmm. I want to pray God's best for you because I, I love you as a sister in the faith. And so um, that's what I did. I just began to pray nightly for Rachel because there was something different that I felt when it came to her. And, I, and God just told me to cover her. So, yeah. Um, so you're talking about... Um seeing her as a sister and this is something that's been on my heart for a few years that i've shared with several people i i i struggle to see often brother and sister relationships happen like mm -hmm. within like the christian body mm -hmm. thankfully um, i i have relationships um that i have brothers that pray they love me. They, some of them are married, their wives, they intercede, but oftentimes that's not necessarily the case often. And I just always wonder how things would be if men and women first saw each other as brothers and sisters, then we wouldn't be so weird around like our Christian sisters, yeah. like they're single. Um, and not always thinking the worst, like, yeah, we know there's some, you know, people out here yeah. trying to take away someone's future with someone. Uh, but if I, I, just, I think that the fear of it causes us to just not try at all. But yeah. to hear you say just how much God had you praying yeah. for her and what started to develop in your heart was a sister, uh, like seeing her in a sisterly way. Right. And even as your wife now, do you think now that you even that's still in your heart as well when it comes yeah, to yep absolutely because at the end of the day i know she loves jesus more than she loves me and i love jesus more than i love her and and i think understanding that we are daughter and son before we are one yeah and and, and oneness is is beauty it's a new creation right um but but we still are in God's eyes, that's our that's our father. And so I, I serve her and I love her only through the lens of that Jesus can love her because he created her. 
Right. Right. So I can only love my life, my wife well by being plugged into her father. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that's that is something that I think you have to keep at the forefront, because when we look at even marriage, we have to understand that marriage is just like it's not the end goal. Marriage is a ministry to glorify and reflect Jesus on earth in covenant. Um, so, so that's what I would say to that. And, you know, even with her, like when we met up again, I told her, I looked in her eyes. I was like, I would be lying to say that I don't still see a future with you. But let me say this. I have no desire to be with you. I truly yeah. see you as my sister and I want what's best for you. Wow. So. I feel like sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, intrigued because this it happens so often where such uh, relationships they end and there's just this uh, this this space that you don't necessarily hear many stories like this. And yes, some of us try and stuff this and make this happen um okay. to be back with someone that we once were in a relationship with. But I think it's good that it gives peace to some people that really like need to hear this, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, sometimes God does bring people back together He does. and not every situation is an end all. And yeah. we all are going to have to navigate that. Right. And so how did you all get finally, you know, get back to this place and get together? Yeah. Um, I think it was uh so like i said we didn't talk for about two and a half years or so and um then she just reached out and god was just really working in her heart like hey i just want to um apologize for holding bitterness towards you like she just randomly reached out to me on facebook and it took me by surprise i was like oh snap like okay, cool. Like, God, what you doing here? You know? And, um, we didn't really talk too much after that. It was like one time and then we didn't talk for a couple months. And then, um, I happened to be going to St. Louis that summer, uh, for my friend's, uh, graduation. I don't know. I forgot why I was in St. Louis, but she was there and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm in town and really I wasn't gonna meet with her or nothing. But my, my best friend's wife was like, yo, if you feel like Rachel is the one you're supposed to be with, you should meet with her and like just express that. But at the same time, if you feel like this is closure that you need from her, like you can close this door, you still need mm-hmm. to meet with her just so you guys can go your separate ways and there not be this what if, right? And yes. so I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do that because what is that going to do? And, um, Basically, I met with her. I went in and met with her and we were sitting at the table and I just kind of expressed what I just expressed to you. And and I was just like, yo, you just my sister, though. Like, I pray God's best for you. Um, I just really want to be your friend because we've always had a cool friendship. And so for about six months or so, six or seven months after that, like we were just like really, really, really good friends, man. Like we would just talk. Uh, just not every night or nothing or every day. Um, it was just kind of like once a week checking how you doing. Cool. That's what's up. Like, are you moving to Memphis to go to this school? Cool. 
that's what's up, you know, and, and just really good friends, someone that you can confide in as a friend. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of progressed like that way. So, okay. Yeah. And then I did want to say one thing uh, quickly. You were talking about brothers and sisters, like how to see people that way. One thing that is hard, I can say in Christian is like when you're in a group and all of a sudden, like you see a brother or your sister that's like strong in their faith. And all of a sudden you like, oh, that's my husband. That's my wife. And it's mm -hmm. tempting because it's 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 sometimes so rare that you see someone with passion that you have about Jesus. So you yeah. automatically try to connect the dots. Well, this person is so passionate about Jesus and I'm passionate about Jesus. So we're supposed to be together. And that's not always the case, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was just something that. No, that's really good. Year. That's a good nugget that yeah. we probably would save ourselves some, a, a lot of emotional, huh, just those things <laughs> of like, again, even if you find, see someone and they're attractive of you, or if you like mm -hmm. traits about them to transform your mind of like, this is my brother and sister in Christ, nothing That's weird it. or ancestral about it and saying that, right. but to help you to just not jump to something and then have this higher expectation of, yeah. of, of things. I don't really know how to do that all the time, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's something to be trying to like explore of not, of, of, of meeting people. Uh, it could just be networking. It could yeah. be nothing <laughs> at all. Um, it could be friendship, it, you know, and so, or, or it could wind up going and turning into something relationally or romantically, but yeah. Uh, it's it's always refreshing when I meet people that know how to engage with the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. I'm in a healthy way with proper boundaries and honesty and being open and honest in those things. So yeah, that's just really dope. Yeah. So I, I don't want to keep uh, uh, or take too much time, but I did have a few more questions for you, EJ. Cool. And so in your, in your, um, in your past and what you've learned, even from maybe heartbreaks, like you mentioned, you were in a relationship and it was unhealthy in those hardships. Um, what experience did it bring that brought just a deeper purpose in your life, that pain? Yeah. So my first real relationship, right, was in eighth grade. And that girl broke my heart. Like she cheated on me. And this was like the first girl that I was like, oh yeah, that's, I'm with her, right? Um, she just wasn't someone I was just, you know, talking to or whatever. And ever since that moment, I had dealt with like insecurity and jealousy and uh, just like being controlling in relationships. And so I was very controlling, like throughout my relationships in high school and like even up until that point, like even up into my engagement, I was dealing with those those inner demons of being insecure and jealous and controlling because my mentality had shifted to I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Like okay. I I can't let someone else hurt me, you know what I'm saying? Cuz like my my parents they hurt me bad because I was like y'all the only consistent I know. Right. But I I found myself like in high school and in college like cheating on girls because I was like well, I can't let them have the upper hand. Like if they came around and said they cheat on me, I need to already have something in the bag, you know? Right. Um, or if I didn't cheat on them, I would just have something, you know, in the batter's box. 
<laughs> but but what that did is the the relationship I was in before I got saved, um, it started out very well, and um, it is like I really felt like this relationship was a plan of the devil. To be honest with you, because I was in a broken spot with my parents getting a divorce, and so okay. like for seven days straight, man, I was drinking and smoking every single day, and like just had a different girl. Cause I just, I needed mm. to get lost in, in, in all of the feelings that I had. Well, this girl shows up on the scene and she's like, Oh, well, how you doing? You know, she's kind of like, I'm able to like share my heart with her. And it's like, she, yeah. she was, she was like right there at the right time. And so, you know, we just taking it cool. And the next thing you know, I'm basically living at her house and all that stuff is happening. Well, at the beginning of our relationship, she was like, well, I don't, you know, EJ, like, I don't think I'm, you know, as good, like you look too good for me or, you know, you're not yeah. this, you know, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and then like at the end, she was just like, yo, you're not good enough for me. You're this, that, and the other, you're not the type of guy that I would be with. And like, just literally I, my self-esteem had dropped down to, I was nothing, bro. I had gained weight. Like I didn't care about myself anymore. And I was just so depressed. And um, I say that to say that I allowed those relationships to define me um, instead of defining the relationship beforehand. Like, yo, this is what we're going to be like. This is who God has called us to be. And that's been the beauty in marriage is I've, I've, I was able to say like, hey, who has God, God called us to be? And let's walk that purpose out. Love that. Love that. Um, as you were talking about your marriage and we talked a lot about singlehood and even more, we'll get more into that purpose thing, because I know when we've talked, that's something that you have a passion about, have a yeah. passion in is pulling purpose out of people and helping them get to their purpose. Um, what are three things or three reasons why you advocate for marriage? Because I feel like there are a lot of people that will listen that are single and yeah. You know, I think it's also good for us to to hear hear married people say why they you know love marriage, um, and and yeah, if you can think of of two or three reasons why you advocate for marriage, I think that would help us. Yeah, I would say, uh, like I said earlier, marriage is not the end goal; it's a part of your destiny. Um, I think we have to understand, like what what I view purpose. I believe that it is our purpose as believers to glorify the father like that is our sole purpose on this earth and everything along the way are tools to complete our destiny and our calling and, and so like marriage is just another tool to reflect jesus right. and so if i go into marriage thinking like yo this is another opportunity to glorify god then i'm using marriage as a as a tool to bring people to jesus to to reflect jesus and and that's a, that's one reason why I would say like marriage is so beautiful because it's another opportunity to share the gospel through your life right. as you and your wife um, reflect Jesus. Uh, another it's not the uh, only opportunity, but it's right, right, yeah. And, and and I think the church honestly has painted like marriage is the end all be all. Like if you don't get married, then you ain't gonna be nothing, or you know you ain't. It's it's just it's just the way that marriage is painted. It's either an idol or it's fearful. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's something to be scared of because you see this destruction. 
Um, and also marriage is so beautiful because you are able to understand more of who you've been called to be. It's a refining process, right? There's pressure to make diamonds. Like there is, there is something taking place that is causing you to deny yourself even more. It's another level of consecration and um, sanctification. And, and, and when I say that, it's, it's another level of getting away from who you want to be and into who God wants you to be. Yeah. Um, because okay. there are things that like, I don't do that my wife does. And there are things that I do that she doesn't do, but that's where you're able to extend grace. And it's, it's a good training ground for that. Okay. Thank well, you. Yeah. So um, you've mentioned a couple times um, throughout, throughout today, um, your book. And so um, I would love for you to even share about your book when you release it. Um, if you can first give us the title of your book and yeah, we'd love that. Yeah, so my book is called Unlocking Your Potential in Singleness, uh, How to Maximize Your Single Life. And, and basically the, the heart of the book is to really give singles useful tools so they can thrive, uh, not just survive in this season of singleness. It's a season, it's not a lifetime always, right? Um, but a lot of times we're just kind of going through the motions of life, barely surviving. And I believe God has called us to thrive in every area of our life, whatever season we're in. So that's the heart of the book. Okay. Um, one, one thing that I wanted to point out in uh, chapter eight, the your story. And so I wrote it down, the, um, what story will you choose to write in this season of singleness? And it's like one of the first lines, but I thought it was such a strong line, a strong sentence, because it's almost like it needs a Selah. So you can yeah. really, really think, <laughs> oh, what, what story do I want to tell? Like, if I desire to be married, male or female, yeah. what is the story that I'm writing right now? You know, yeah. is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it love? You know, all these different things. Yeah. Um, I, I just really, really um, loved with the, your story. Um, if can you... I don't want to give too much away, but do you yeah, mind yeah. talking a little bit about your story? Yeah. So basically what, um, as I, as I walk you through the book at the end, I'm just like, I've given you these, these locks, these keys in these locks, these locks that, uh, have bound, you know, that bound me when I was single and I've seen other people be bound by them. Um, and, and I'm giving, you know, the readers keys to kind of unlock those things so they can fulfill everything God has called them to fulfill. And at the end, it's like, you know, what is the story that you're going to write after you read this? Like, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to put in place so that you are preparing your heart in your, your, your heart's posture to even receive somebody in that place? You know, because the thing is, is God gives good gifts. But if we don't know how to use them properly and, and appreciate them properly, they become idols and they become gods yeah. in our lives. And I think I see that in a lot of relationships today. So I advise people to, you know, when you have community around you, it teaches you to love people well without, um, without needing something in return, right? It, yes. It's teaching you to sacrifice. Well, you need to know how to sacrifice in marriage. So what things are you putting in place in this season to prepare for the next season. Mm. So um, 
one question that I had um, from chapter eight, um, and it, it brought a question. Can you give us some practical ways that we can maximize just every ounce of our singleness, whether young, single, yeah. also, you know, older people, because they, they may look differently, but just some ways people can walk away with some practical um, ideas of things, how to just squeeze out all of it. Yeah. Um, if you have felt a call to do missionary work, go do it. If you feel like, hey, I want to travel or God's calling me to go to Africa or go to Haiti or go like go do those things, because when you get married, those things don't come as easy as you can when you're single. Look at singleness as an opportunity to live your best life in the confines of what God says best life. <laughs> OK. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and because there are many times where um you know some guys want to go like do some street evangelism right but i have to consider my family now i can't just like in college bro i'm out till three four in the morning on the campus sharing sharing the gospel with people i don't have to think about i have no one to come home to um even uh when i go hang out with friends i'm still thinking of like man i'd rather be chilling and you know at home with my wife and, and so you, you're not even having to think about that. Eliminate that distraction right now so that you can, um, I, would, I would encourage you to, to go on a mission trip. Go somewhere in the world that you feel like you've always wanted to go to or somewhere where your, your, your pocketbooks will let you go. Um, <laughs> but if it's mission work, you can raise funds for that. I would always encourage someone to go overseas and do some mission work. Secondly, um, get in a close community, have, have a group of, if you're a female, like women around you, if you're a male, like get some guys around you that can challenge and really sharpen and prune who you are as a person. Mm. Someone who's going to, who's going to look you in your face and be like, yo, you tripping," Or man, I just want to build you up because you handled that well. Like finding a good uh, community that is going to pull you to your destiny, not push you, Pulling means I see what's inside of you and I want to pull that thing Come out. On. Yes. So um, that's what I would encourage. Those are like two major things I would say. Travel, like do mission work, and also get some healthy community around you so that you, you are. Um, one thing that I say in my book is, is that when we look at to wait on the Lord, we always think that like, oh, just sitting in my room, just reading a book, just listening to this. But no, 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 like that word wait means to serve. And so I was a server for three and a half years. And when it was busy, I was just serving. Next thing I know, the night's over. I made a lot of money. But if it wasn't busy, I'll just be sitting there and I'd be like, man, I'm so bored. I want to make much money. And I would just be sitting there and the hours would be seeming like days. So I say that to say, as you are in this season, serve well. Serve in areas in church serve in areas in your community that you are not limited to make yourself busy but make it good busy if you know what i'm saying yes productive right yes um i thank you so much for dropping just some really really great great gems with us um i wanted to ask you ej um thank you so much for dropping some gems with us so that is unlocking your potential and singleness, how to maximize your single life by EJ Brown. EJ, where can we purchase the book? 
Yeah, you can go to Amazon and uh, just type in EJ Brown in the search engine and my book will be the first book up there. Um, you can also go to Barnes and Noble and um, you can get it there too. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. So get it on Amazon. You can get the hardcover or Kindle. And EJ, are there any upcoming things or news that we should know should know about? Yeah. Um, so my wife, she just recently released a uh, children's book uh, called This Is awesome. Me From A to Z. And what it does is highlights diversity, um, not just uh, culturally, but also there are people out here in wheelchairs or hearing aids. One of the girls has Down syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. And it just it just it's allowing kids from a young age to see people in a book. Right. And so when they see these people in real life, they won't feel like, what is that? Or who is that? Or what, why is that person a different color than me? It creates conversations in the home um, for, for families to, to start diving in and in in seeing uh, God's creation. It's not a Christian book, but it, it, the emphasis and principles are godly. Um, Absolutely. And so that's that. Um, for me, I'm, right now I'm working on this devotional I'm piecing together called Morning Thoughts. And it's just something last year that I would, post on social media pretty much every uh, once a week, just a morning thought, a thought that uh, God would just kind of be um, sharing with me as soon as I wake up. It's just it's just a thought that I had. I write it in my notes on my iPhone. And uh, just recently, the Lord just kind of put on my heart. It's like, hey, I want you to package that together and give it to some people. So that I don't know exactly when that release date is going to happen, but just be on the lookout for that. Okay. And please tell us the name of your wife's book again, and then her name. Yes, uh, this is me from A to Z. Um, and her name is Rachel Brown, Rachel Charday Brown. Okay, yeah. awesome. So thank you so much again, EJ, for being on the show. Where can we follow you on the socials? Because you know people about to <laughs> go ahead and start looking. Um, you can follow me on IG at underscore EJ Brown underscore. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook or, you know, add me as a friend on Facebook, you can do that. Um, you can just put in the, the bar uh, backslash EJ617 um, or you just look me up EJ Brown. Um, if you need another search engine, Fort Worth, Texas, I'll be in there. So. All right. And so that is a wrap. Thank you so much again, EJ, for being on the Awkward Single Life podcast Thank you for taking time out of your evening and being here to really, really share, share your heart. And um, I I think a lot of people is going to help. It's helped me. And I think it's going to help a lot of other others as well. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Sorry for talking so much. I'm just passionate, man. I want people to to really get it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I do, I do appreciate the opportunity to, to be on this podcast. So. That was EJ Brown, everybody. Do me a favor and go follow him right now, okay? There's just something about meeting new people and they right away say whatever they can do to support your ministry. And you don't even know them like this. So thank you so much. I feel like it's just like a true representation of the family of God. Mm. 
that was episode five of the awkward single life podcast and y'all i have so many more conversations cooking up for you let's define the relationship right now okay go and subscribe if you'd like to submit any questions or topics you can email me at awkward single life at gmail.com you can follow me on instagram and facebook Tiffany Hines Music or go to my website TiffanyHinesMusic.com Thank you so much and I cannot wait to see you or see you next week. Bye!